This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go. Topics worthy of discussion. The panel part of the program. Weekday afternoons at this time on the Oakley Show. Brought to you by Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. As it's Friday, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park, has joined us yet again. Sherry, how are you keeping? I'm good, but I miss seeing your faces. <laughs> All right, my several faces. Oh, you meant the other panelists as well. I get it. All right. <laughs> thought maybe you saw me in a Picasso-esque kind of uh, way. Multiple faces. Uh, Michael Giles joins the panel and rounds it out. The chief of staff to Deputy Mayor Anna Bailau. Michael, how about you? I'm good. Still inside and good. <laughs> well, that's where you're supposed to be. We're told I today, know. especially, this was emphasized by the health authorities, stay indoors, wash your hands. I mean, they emphasized it or underscored it by giving us some rather stark statistics or models. And this is what the premier was alluding to yesterday, saying it's going to be a wake-up call. It's rather stark. Uh, did it get your attention, Michael? Yeah, absolutely got my attention. I mean, I had an idea of this, where this was going, and we, we understood this. And I, I think that if you look at jurisdictions around the world and you see what's going on, of course we knew there was going to be a spike, and we, of course we knew this, the, the challenges that are associated with this. You know, we have community spread. We have all the things that are going on. And, and I guess in, in the context of all of this, that's why it's so important. That, like, we're at the most critical point of this thing. It is so important that people follow the direction of public health officials and do what they're supposed to do. Literally, it will mean the, you know, the life and death for for people. Even if it's not for yourself, because you know somebody's younger, but for older people around us. So yeah, this this stuff is stark, and I think it was exactly the right thing to do to put this out there so that people understand and at least have reinforced in their minds how important this is. That we're, what we need to do. Yeah, it contextualized it. Now, uh, Sherry, you know when the premier was saying, look, even if we just continued on with current action, you're looking at 1,600 deaths by the end of April. That's two an hour. Uh, you know, and these are stories. These are actual people. It's not just a dry number. And I'm wondering uh, if we can mitigate it with, as the health authority said, strong, strong action. We can reduce that to 250 deaths by the end of April. Again, you know, it's uh, still something significant to the loved ones, but the delta between 1600 and 250 is not insignificant. But strong, strong action. Uh, might that even mean really uh, invoking the Emergency Act. The premiers didn't want to do that last night in a consensus opinion with the prime minister, but shouldn't we be doing something really, really dramatic? I call it the nuclear option and get this over with. Uh, don't overwhelm the health system. Give the morale boost to the nurses and doctors on the front lines that we're all in this together and we're really clamping down. Wouldn't that be a better approach? Well, a couple of things about the Emergencies Act. I mean, first of all, people should know it's not the War Measures Act which really was the uh, nuclear action back in the, uh, back in the day. Uh, this is much milder, so there's that. The other, uh, the other significant issue with it is, um, well, there are a couple. One is just oversight of where the money goes. Uh, and if that's built in and if that's looked at, it needs to be looked at, of course, be, you know, um, by, by MPs, not just the government uh, MPs. Um, so it, it needs to be looked at. And so it needs to be oversight. The other issue, too, is what are you going to do um, with our most vulnerable, with those who are homeless? I mean, the homeless on our streets right now in Toronto can't even get washroom facilities during the day. Um, unless you find housing for the homeless, um, you can't invoke, you know, uh, systems that are going to put them in prisons. I mean, what are we going to do with people or fine them? Or, we, we, they can't pay fines. 
I mean, we're going to have to deal first and foremost with the most vulnerable. And until we do that, um, punitive measures just aren't going to take hold. Well, it's not about punitive exactly. It's also about uh, taking extreme measures to make sure respite centers are built and uh, these people have a roof over their heads, three squares a day, uh, but you bring them in off the street. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's a certain suspension of a civil liberty. I get it, but it's necessary. I mean, absolutely. If, if uh, you know, we, we should be housing our homeless now. I mean, there's lots of empty hotel rooms. I mean, uh, their excuses for not doing it are ridiculous. Um, so house the homeless, get them into the empty condos and the empty hotel rooms, get them off the streets, uh, look after the vulnerable, and then absolutely. Um, but, you know, I mean, right now there are fines in the city of Toronto, and people are still ignoring them. I know my daughter went out to a discount store and said there were people crowded in the aisles. They weren't limiting people coming in. So until that happens, I mean, until people actually practice social distancing, um, you know, and... Uh, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to get them to do it on the honor system? If they haven't got the message by now, uh, you've got to compel them to do that with stricter enforcement. Absolutely, but we already have the means to do that. We can find them right now, but it's not happening. So, again, we have to impress upon people the fine is there already. Um, uh, we have to start enforcing it and, and meeting them out. And we have to, you know, really get the message across, not just to individuals, but to businesses, that they simply can't operate as, as business as usual anymore. I mean, this is serious. And also, by the way, everybody who's a senior needs to stay home. Um, I mean, if you look at what Germany has done, I mean, they were doing all the do things, you know, weeks and weeks before we were. I mean, Angela Merkel came out and said 70% of you are going to be infected. I mean, many people that I know in the healthcare field were saying, you know, just assume that you are infected. Assume that you are a carrier. Um, and only if your symptoms get really bad do you go to the hospital. But just assume you're a carrier and act accordingly. I think that's wise counsel. All right. Well, you say businesses shouldn't be operating as business as usual. I don't know uh, any that are, it, it, uh, unless they're, of course, designated essential. Even the premier earlier today was saying where it comes to construction, they're going to shut that down as of tomorrow at noon, all industrial construction. They'll still maintain uh, certain projects like the Crosstown along Eglinton, hospitals and that, because I guess they're necessary, but uh, no new residential. They've bolstered the inspector uh, contingent, 60 new inspectors, and they're really going to clamp down. But, you know, I, Michael, you know, some of the people who are still designated essential, and you think of those who are stocking grocery stores, shelves, at pharmacies and things like that, don't you think they deserve a risk premium or danger pay? Uh, well, I personally, and it's my personal opinion, yes, I think they do. And, and I know, uh, you know, there are some of the major retailers have increased salaries, you know, I think it's $2 an hour, and some of the major retailers have done that. And yes, I do think they deserve that. And, you know, I actually, you know, the other day I was at, at the grocery store, and, you know, you have the glass up and everything else. And, and the truth is, you realize these people really are, just like our medical staff who are, you know, to be commended as well, they're right on the front lines. They must have 100 people in front of their faces each day. And I know there's protection now, it's glass and everything else but at the end of the day yes they should be receiving an increased uh, increased pay for that and it's good to see that you know as they say some of the major retailers that i understand have already done that but i, I think they all should and 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 you know in just talking in practical terms i mean a lot of these retailers that are still open are actually having huge increases in their sales because people are buying a lot of stuff and so there's no reason why that should not be passed along to the people who are actually on the front lines who are doing all the things that are literally keeping us fed and and you know keeping us in, in, in keeping people 
uh, with the essentials of life in, the, in their hands. I mean, if these people weren't there, what would we do? You know, and, that, and so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree they should be paid more, a lot more. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Sherry's going to give us any disagreement on that one, are you? Absolutely not. And in fact, uh, most of the small retailers that are around where I live are already, you know, increasing $2 an hour to their staff. Um, and uh, to just to buttress Michael's point as well, I mean, I think, it's not just the pay, it's also the environment, like limiting the number of people that are coming in at a time so that you don't get these crushes and aisles. Um, and also, yes, uh, screens, and um, and of course they should all be wearing gloves. I was noticing um, the other day that some were not still. Um, so, so again, just, you know, simple, obvious measures. And I think this is common sense, but... Um, I, I, I sadly see a lot of people not exercising, um, you know, what should be common sense. Um, so, again, if that's the case, then let's start handing out those fines and let's get serious about it, because otherwise we're going to have more deaths. And it's that clear now. And the other thing I would say, too, is and I try to do this and remember every time I go to a grocery store is actually thank the person standing behind the counter for working. You know, I see these people getting frustrated and like, you know, people in stores getting angry because they have to wait and all this kind of stuff. Instead of that, how about just say thank you for working, which is what I've been trying to do every time I go there when I only I go as little as I can. But when I do go there, I actually say to the person behind the counter, thank you for working. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my son works in an apothecary and he goes out and risks his life, you know, every day. Uh, he's one of, you know, thousands. Um, I mean, he's lucky he's got a job, so there's that. But I mean, again, you know, he brings back stories of people who are still, you know, too close. I think we should all adopt that Supremes line, you know, stop in the name of the love. And we can, mm. you know, can do the hand gesture too. just, you know, stop in the name of love. Um, and maybe we'll get a laugh at the same time instead of, a, you know, a grouchy customer. Yeah, before you break my heart, actually. Uh, all right, well, we'll come back. What are folks who don't have a job, though, and how are they going to be looked after? Uh, want to come back because, you know, it seems like some of these provisions made for employees and companies and that become overly complicated. Is there a faster, easier way of getting money into the hands of people and some who are not going to qualify because they fall through the cracks? It's an ongoing concern. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.